You're listening to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Welcome to the Bags and Platt Podcast, February 19th, 2021. We got a blizzard up here on a Friday, but first I would like to say happy birthday to my sister, Brooke. Can you believe she's 41, Platt? I Brooke's can't. 41? Get out of here. <laughs> Dude, I feel ancient. Happy birthday, right. Brooke. Absolutely crazy, huh? Well, Platt, I want to start off with the weather here before we get to your weather. It's been snowing here, and I'm looking outside the window since Thursday morning. No exaggeration, on and off snow. And we're going to get another one to three inches today. And I just looked at the weather, and it looks like we're going to have a sloppy Monday as well. Could be one of the worst Februarys that I can remember. I'm so glad you're not here to experience it. It's awful. I was in Wilka Flake shoveling again today. That's why I sent you the picture of Ina's house. And uh, it's really getting on people's nerves. It's usually what we expected when we were little kids. We've been lucky the last few winters. But I think it's really starting to wear on people. And uh, <laughs> it seems like you guys have got, I'm saying you guys now because I'm in Florida. It seems like you guys have gotten more snow in the past 10 days to 14 days than you have in like the last seven winters. I mean, it's I would, just absurd. I, I, I would say that's accurate because we started off with two feet. The snow is going nowhere. You can't move it. The snow that is is down there already got more snow on top of that. It's just crazy. And um as as long as you know you can watch golf in California and, and and enjoy nice weather, because we're not in Florida like you, give me a rundown on how the weather is down there today, and uh, what's been going on down there. So, I want to set. I'm going to check my app right now because I just walked in. It's 82 degrees in Naples, Florida. It is like bags. It's like a different planet down here. I mean, they just live life. It's 75 to 80 degrees every day. People are doing things. They're outdoors. Uh, my older daughter was joking that she, and, and this isn't because we're not careful, but she hasn't worn a mask more than three times, and she's been here for 12 days just because we're outside all the time. And do they even Do they even look at the weather, or is it just that consistent? I think they look at the weather just in case there's going to be, you know, like a storm here or there. But this time of year, apparently down here, it's it's very much like West. I mean, aside from the humidity, it's very much like West Coast weather. But, dude, I, you know what is the best for? It's the best for kids. Like our one-year-old Lacey, you never have to put shoes on her. You never have to put socks. There's no winter coats required. Ella's walking around in shorts and flip-flops and a T-shirt all day. I got the top down on the Wrangler. I mean, I'm not trying to make anyone who's up north jealous, but... Dude, the quality of life here is just phenomenal. It oh, just, everyone's happy. It's like a different world. I'm glad you're liking it, man. I'll tell you, um, this whole, the whole state of Texas is like under a sheet of ice. And those are like major cities. And I and I texted you guys the other day about, we, you know, we can send a freaking drone to Mars 120 million miles away, but... Um, the state of Texas can't handle a little ice storm. And it's sad to tell you the truth. There's millions of people without power. But it's just mind-boggling what's going on because those people aren't prepared. There's no plows or salt or anything. But I will say, I, I, I just feel like you know that whole state or you want to talk uh, politics and governors. And I saw Cruz went to Cancun. That was a big deal. But how can you let that happen in like major cities like Houston? We have a problem. Dallas, 
Austin. These are big time cities, which, by the way, a lot of people are, are moving to from the West Coast and the East Coast uh, because of the because of the taxes. Florida being another one as well. And this might turn some people off that they can't be prepared for a major winter storm. I know it doesn't happen, you know, every year. But I have to tell you that that, that that whole scene surprising me, that they don't have water. People are melting snow in a pot, okay, just to get clean water. Can you imagine that? No, it's a bad scene there. I mean, it, it's, you know, I think it started out fun and games because kids don't see snow there and they got to be outside and play in it. But I think once people started losing power and everything else happened and it's just become a disastrous situation and crews leaving it's not about politics but like just a bad decision bad timing just not the right way to handle the situation but that said i mean you know you hope that the weather improves down there and i can't believe like the what's happening with the northern not even the northern now i'd say north of florida part of the country everyone's getting schlacked right now with cold temperatures and snow and I mean, best decision we made was coming down here for a few months and getting out of Dodge. And, uh, you know, I feel for the people in Texas at the moment. Platt, let's get right into it. I actually watched another full NBA game last night. It was great because it was like a 1030 start in L.A. The Brooklyn Nets, one game out of first, went to the West Coast. I'm thinking it was a preview of the finals. Without KD, they went in. They didn't have Anthony Davis, but they but the Nets didn't have KD. It's something refreshing about being up here. A New York team in in the sport of basketball is actually going to give us a great playoff run. And last night, it it really actually made me feel like okay, this team could maybe win the whole thing because if KD's not playing. You can almost cancel out AD and KD. They can really play when they want to, Platt. They've won five straight. I'm definitely going to be into this because what else can you get into right now? All three hockey teams stink. You can get into some golf. No one cares about college basketball anymore until the uh, March Madness. But Platt, I don't know if you watched the game. We didn't talk, uh, talk yet, but... It was really fun to watch, and I'm actually going to be looking forward. I mean, I look at the standings. The Nets are one game behind Philly, 19 wins. It's it's close to the top in the league, and I got to tell you, they actually have like three to four role players that I've never even heard of that are hitting open threes because when you double and are so concentrated on Harden and Garnett, I mean, I'm sorry, and KD, and and Kyrie, there's gonna be someone open, Platt. Right? It reminds me of the Bulls, like Paxson and Bushler and Kerr. Those guys had to make those shots. But let me tell you something. A lot of the times they were wide open, and that's what I saw last night. When you had Pippen and Jordan on the floor, there's no way that a three or a third or fourth player had to step up because of, with the double teams, and they didn't really have a scoring center. And neither do the Nets. So it's almost like still it's still a guard game. But those other role players showed me last night that they can make the shots that they'll need to win in the finals or the conference finals at least. I read that I think they're like 7-0 or seven and or 8-0 against the, the elite teams in the NBA. And it just goes back to what we were talking about weeks ago where 
you know, these guys get up for these big games. They get up to play against the great teams. Then you got, you know, load management on other nights and certain guys aren't playing at certain times. And, and it is what it is. That's the league now. Like, we can love it or we can hate it, but that is what the league is. But if the Nets can play defense and they can get their role players to contribute like they did last night, I don't see, even if the Lakers are healthy with Anthony Davis, I don't see how, I mean, you're, you're talking about Kyrie, who when healthy is one of the top two to three point guards in the NBA. You're talking about Harden, who, you know, when he's playing as a team member, is one of the top five to six guys in the NBA. And then Durant, arguably all around, coming off an injury, is a top two player in the league. So you do the math there, and it's like their big three is much better, Bags, let's be honest, is much better than the Heat's big three back in the day. Dwayne Wade, great player, LeBron obviously there, and Chris Bosh. But this three, if they're healthy, it could be the best big three we've ever had in the NBA. Yeah, they're three Hall of Famers, and I want to I want to touch on one spot. Since I've been watching a few games with them, they are playing unselfish basketball. And I mentioned the role players hitting open shots. It's Kyrie and Harden. That's how Harden gets triple doubles. He's making great assists. They are playing the way that we didn't think it was possible for them to play. It's so refreshing as basketball fans to see the ball like swing around, Platt. Because even when you watch the Lakers, it's all through one player. It's all through LeBron. You know, he can run the pick and roll with AD all he wants. But these three players are playing so unselfish. And I'll say another thing. You brought up how they only get up for the big game it's so true but they also don't play every night yeah i have a feeling out of 72 games none of them will probably play 50 games granted i don't really know what what steve nash's you know plan is or the gm uh marks but the lack of of playing every night are they saying well we want to rest them or is it just all about the playoffs in this day and age in sports where you're like well you know what? We're playing uh, Charlotte tonight. KD, why don't you just sit out? That is unheard of back when we started watching basketball. Jordan played every game. But it's kind of it's kind of weird how they're, like you said, they're 7 or 8 no against great teams because that's when they get together. And they're like, let's do it. You know, they, big they, three. Yeah, they get, a, they get up for the big games. And, and you know what? I'll give you the analogy, what I think it probably reminds like our, our dad's generations of. It's like pitchers nowadays, you know, with the load management and how innings, you know, guys throw f- five innings and people are like, oh, he threw a great game. He threw 110 pitches in five and a half innings. It's like our dad's generation, they threw nine innings. It wasn't an option. There wasn't a closer. There wasn't a long relief guy. Like you, if you were a star and you were a starting pitcher and you could throw nine innings and 140 pitches, that's what you did. That was just the job. And, and it reminds me in a similar way. It's like how the NBA is now. Like these guys aren't going to play every night. They're not going to play every minute of every game. Like it's not. We're not going to see Michael Jordan era again. I, I just I don't think we are. And tell me if you think I'm wrong. Um, no, no, we won't. We won't. And um, you know that's get that's just it's moving further away from that actually. Platt, we're, 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 it's on like a decline toward um, rest, rest, rest. I want to get to the Knickerbockers before we leave the NBA because the two other last place teams in the East, in the Central and the Southeast, have eight and nine wins. The New York Knickerbockers, Michael, 14 wins. The Celtics have 14 wins. The Toronto Raptors have 14 wins. Those are two big-time playoff teams in the last few years. And the Knicks are two games out of two games under 500. 
They're getting people in the garden starting, I think, Saturday night and against the Warriors. Maybe that's next week, actually. But they're putting people in the garden. They're on a high right now. They're fun to watch. And all of a sudden, New York basketball in a flash is something to actually care about. Now, granted, Platt, I, 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 we both want them to make the playoffs just because it's that much fun. But for a while, we haven't had any basketball in New York to get crazy about. And now that the Nets are doing what they're doing, no matter what, it's still a Knickerbocker town. And the Knicks are playing with guys that are not even close to the level of of the big three in Brooklyn. But it is cool, and I'm looking forward to them, you know, staying hovering around 500 because that'll get you in. And plus, Platt, when the Garden is is can come close to being what we what we dream of and grew up with in the Garden, it's so exciting. And I'm going to be dialed into the NBA because, like I said before, college basketball is so meaningless. So what's your take on the Knicks? I know you're down south. And you probably can't watch them, but what, whatever you're hearing in the papers and 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 on Sports Center, the Knicks are kind of opening people's eyes up, and it's pretty cool. Well, let me start by saying I have the MSG Go app, so I'm watching the Rangers and Knicks when I can um, on my phone and keeping an eye on them. I think Tibbs has done a great job right now. If he can keep this going, honestly, he has to be in conversation for Coach of the Year because the Knicks are buying in on defense. And that's something when you've looked at all the coaches they've had over the years, all of the hires, all of the big names, not one of them has been a defensive-minded coach since Jeff Van Gundy left that building. So for me, the Knicks always, you know, when they succeeded, they bought in on defense. They bought in on defense here. And yes, they're not as talented as Milwaukee, as Philly, as the Nets, as the Celtics. But I'll tell you right now, if the Knicks can get into the playoffs as a 6, 7, or 8 seed, none of those teams are going to want to play the Knicks because what do the Knicks have to lose? And if Randall zero, gets zero. hot and Barrett can hit some threes, and if they do make a move and try to get Drummond out of Cleveland um, you know, and don't give away too much to get him, no one's going to want to play that team come playoff time. I'm not saying that the Knicks are beating the Nets. I'm not saying the Knicks are beating Philly or Boston. But I'm telling you right now, if they're going to start and end with defense and they're going to keep it a low-scoring game, and their talent can keep them in it, I don't think anyone's going to want to play them. No, like you said, they have nothing to lose, and that's a dangerous uh, team to play when they're just playing carefree, good basketball, fundamental basketball, and and in particular, de- a word that starts with a D called defense that nobody else plays in really the league. And Thibodeau is doing a great job. Coach of the year is up in the air uh, for him to win. But I will say, I don't know if it was a rumor or maybe, you know, the Knicks are are thinking long term and not really caring about the season. Platt Randall can go off. He's finally come into his own. He's still very, very young. He mm-hmm. came into the league at probably 19 or 20. He's So he's almost like a veteran at 25. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't want them to think, oh, well, you know what? Randall is one of the top scorers right now in the NBA. I don't want them to say, you know what? Let's get something for him while his, you know, his status is high. You know what I mean? I don't want them to trade away a guy that's actually going to fill some seats. Like, I, I, I like Barrett, but I don't like him being. 
I like him as a role player. That's it. I know he was a number one draft pick, but he's not showing that he is a number one draft pick. No. So maybe if he actually can get out of his own way and start making jumpers, I don't like his jump shot at all. But I don't want to see them say, let's get a draft pick or two for Randall uh, and trade with a team that wants to make a playoff run this year. I don't like, see it so, happening. Like, I, Platt, can you imagine? <clears throat> this would piss you off more than anybody. Can you imagine LeBron going into the uh, the bus's front office in, in L.A. and saying, listen, I don't know if we can take down Harden, KD, and Kyrie. I think we might need to make a run at uh, Randall and New York because they're going nowhere and we can just rent them. Platt, that would freaking make you want to drive off the road, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I pray, I pray. I think, <laughs> I think, I hope that the that with Leon Rose there and the new you know GM vision and what they're trying to do, that they realize that they have a good nucleus in place. I do agree with you. The frustrating part is Barrett because it's like he's not a number three pick in the draft, and clearly. I, He's not. I mean, unless his jumper gets that much better, he's erratic. He can't shoot from the outside. He's a nice player. Don't get me wrong, but he's not. I mean, think about when you when you're drafting a guy number three. And I understand that you know John Morant and and Zion are different levels clearly at this point. But like when you're drafting a guy at three, you're expecting so much more. And he's a nice ball player, but like quickly is already better than him. And he's a year exactly. later, exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, and Platt, if if you're a slasher and you're like, you know, you're good on the drive and you can you can penetrate and dish out, like play your game. I don't want to see you shooting threes. I really don't. Like it it, it it looks awkward actually. I know he's lefty and that looks a little different, but it's just like when he when his shot goes up, I'm like, I have no confidence that it's going in. And that and, and that's like not, that's not good. It's not like watching, you know, a, another lefty Randall on a team. Like I think everything that Randall throws up is going in. You know, it's like um, whatever Barrett's good at, do that. Don't try right. to be. Don't try to be the number three pick. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and and to to get back to what you asked me, I can't see them trading Randall. I mean, unless all of a sudden they lose. 15 of the next 16 games and things are spiraling and all of a sudden it's back to rebuild. Other than that, I'd be utterly shocked. I don't think Thibodeau signed up to coach a complete and 100% rebuild all over again. So Now, I'd Platt, be, do, you, do, you know, do you know his contract status at all? Because I do not. I don't know it off the top of my head to tell yeah, you the truth. Because that would, that would be interesting because if this guy has the season he's going to have – I would want to lock up this guy because all of a sudden when a, when a guy's been in the league three or four years and now he's playing with this type of confidence, you know, that's something the Garden needs. A consistent – I'm not saying he's Bernard King or an Allen Houston, but the Garden needs a, a consistent 24-point scorer a game because that's what you build on. You build on, you know, even 26, 27 a game. I mean, you can see he can bust for 44 in any night. But that's what they need because they don't have that, and they haven't had it in a while. You know, for, I don't want to hear about Lin Sanity. This guy is for real. Yeah. Can we stop talking about Jeremy Lin? <laughs> I know it's so I true. Mean, the Nick's so social true, but, media feeds—it's like unbelievable. Sorry, but ahead. Platt, but, but Platt, wouldn't it really piss you off if the Lakers grabbed like no, oh. not Randall, but the Lakers grabbed like you know someone like a John Wall? <laughs> they <laughs> will. I, I know it wouldn't happen, but that would actually make the NBA look so shitty. Because all of a sudden it's, all right, so 
I'm going to get to another team in a second. So when's the Nets and the Lakers going to play? Because I'm not watching the first three rounds. And that's like th- that, that's the way my attitude always is with the NBA. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to skip out on um, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix and the Clippers because I know that the Lakers are going to the finals. And I know that the Bulls can't beat the Celtics and then can't beat the Nets. So I'm just going to wait. The ratings will go completely in the shitter. Okay, no one's going to really watch to be unless you're a diehard NBA fan. But I want to bring up the Utah Jazz, who have won 21 out of 22. They have they have a great coach in Quinn Schneider. He's coaching the All Star game, by the way, which is a whole nother topic. But Platt, the Jazz might actually shock a lot of fans and and block LeBron. I know the Clippers are pretty good too, but the Jazz are the best team in the game. And they are hot. And it's got – by the way, it's it's still early in the season. It's before the All-Star break. But this team is for real. I've seen them play. They beat teams. They don't just beat teams by four or five, Platt. They've been beating teams by double digits ten games in a row. Like, that, that that's impressive in the league. So I watched, I watched the Knicks play against the Jazz a few weeks back. And I remembered – I was like, this is not a sexy team. Right, they don't blow you away when you watch. Can't them. name any players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, outside of 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 Donovan and um, what's his face, the other big guy on the team, like uh, Gobert. I was like, they're not sexy. There's, but they're just good. They're like typical old school Utah Jazz. Like they just play good fundamental basketball. And bags, I gotta tell you, I love that you're watching the NBA again because exactly. I feel like you were you were out for a few years and you were a college guy. And I think 100%. you'll admit it. And and. I got to tell you, like, college hoops has fallen off a cliff aside from March Madness. So that's a great observation because you know I just flip-flopped in, the, in, in, in this year, I would yeah. say. Okay. It's shocking. And, it's a shocking and, development. And guess what? I love New York sports, and I also love, you know, I, I love the hype. I just love it. And I'm going to I'm gonna bring up something. I think I might have brought it up with you on phone or text. or When we were growing up – um. I probably would say that you and I could name the starting five on probably 10 to 12 NCAA teams, which is probably 50 to 50 to 55 players in college basketball. Now, I'm not going to try to embarrass myself here, but I don't think I can name 10 college basketball players in the nation. I could name 12 Tar Heels in the 90s. I could name the whole Big East in the late 80s, every Georgetown team, every St. John's and Syracuse team. I can go to UCLA and bring up the O'Bannon brothers and Toby Bailey, okay? (laughs) You could go forever, Arizona, uh, Miles Simon and Bibby and Sean Elliott. And I mean, you go forever. I can name all the coaches, Platt. You can even go to Florida State when when you were in college and Bobby Sura and Charlie Ward and Dobard and Sam Cassell. John Crotty from from Virginia, Georgia Tech, Price. I mean, Platt, I, I could go on all day, and, and I know you get my point. I can't name any players or coaches in NCAA basketball because they don't stay three years. Ewing used to stay four years, Leitner four years. These guys were heroes. These guys actually were probably in the ratings dominating the NBA because of how great the players were. And you were so excited to see that talent go into the NBA, which would probably draw more fans to the NBA. 
because a lot of guys are going to Europe, coming out of high school, playing one year college. Then, then, Platt, it's amazing how the college basketball does nothing for me. I'll have it on, on like mute on one of the on the TV on the Rover Platt, but I can't find myself to really dive in. Even even my own university. I mean, they're on the bubble every year. They don't win tournament games. I'm more of a football fan of my school than basketball because get our hypes up for nothing. How, can you honestly tell me that could you name more than 10 players in collegiate basketball? I don't think I can name three right now, Bags. And I got exactly. You, I'm there, gonna go six, maybe. <laughs> there there is no sport that has fallen off more in terms of relevance than college basketball and not having a March Madness last year because of COVID didn't do the sport any favors. But here and now, I think they have, I mean, you look at all the other major college sports, you look at all the professional leagues, they have the biggest identity crisis, in my opinion, of any sport out there. And I don't even think it's close. And I'm not getting into like lacrosse and stuff like that but college basketball from what it was all those names you just mentioned all the the big east and the acc and the pack and the rivalries and and just the phenomenal games that we were able to witness and watch that league is a shell of itself and i don't know how they get back to where they were i don't know if they can get back but right here right now they are the, it is one of the most irrelevant sports out there and i, I don't even know what the ratings look like but i'll guarantee you they're awful right now I mean, Platt, we used to love Big Monday, ACC, mm-hmm. Big East Wednesdays. I mean, you actually strapped in on a Monday night and couldn't wait to watch Pearl Washington. Okay, and Ewing. And then later in the day's morning. I mean, these are – you even go to Oklahoma. I mean, you, you watch big-time players. Now, you're right. It's never going to get back to that. And I'll tell you a couple reasons why. Number one, a lot of these kids that are really, really good – it's one year or it, they're now going to Europe. They're not even going to go waste their time on some campus and go into classes. You know what I mean? It's like the, uh, the LaMelo family, they weren't going to college. You know no. what I mean? Like the, it's all about the NBA and it's sad. And, you know, college football doesn't have this problem, although the top three teams are in the final four before the season starts. You know yeah, but teams. bags. College football but, but, is so relevant. But but, but but college football is on a different level. This sport, this 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 sport, college hoops, is on a decline, and nobody's watching now. I think it's going to get worse. Yeah, I don't know how they. Pl- go up. Pl- how about this? Duke and Kentucky are not making the NCAA tournament this year, okay? And possibly Michigan State. So when you tell me, the, I first of all, I can't name a Duke player. I'm gonna admit I'm gonna admit that on, on on our podcast. I've been naming Duke players since I was seven years old. Even Mark Allery and Jay Billis and Quinn Schneider. I can't tell you one player on Duke and one player on Kentucky. They're not going to the tournament. Is that one of the biggest problems you've seen? There, there's no identity. I mean, exactly. Who- who is the best player? Like, if, if you're talking about who's going to be the number one pick in the draft, which growing up you knew the top ten picks like the back of your hand. I'll guarantee you right now, five of the top seven picks are probably European or guys who are in high school or are going to be one and done. Like, there's just no names. There's no recognition. The NCAA needs to do a better job of branding college hoops and they need to do a better job of figuring out 
a way to keep kids there longer. And I know it's hard because at this point, it's like the paydays in the NBA, you can get injured. And what, why do you want to go to college for three years if you can be making 15 million a year in the NBA and have that lifestyle? I get it. Like they have a, they have a crisis on their hands. I don't know how they fix it. No, I mean, Platt, Mike Krzyzewski had to really change his program to a one and done program. And, and and it's not, nothing against him. He had to do it. He had to adjust. Bob Knight could never adjust to that. He wouldn't recruit that player. Right. And and, and, and he paid for it. Shusevsky ended up winning a, a, another title or two because he had to recruit the Kyrie Irving and the Jason Williams and the Elton Brand. He had to actually bring them in and, 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 and completely expect that they wouldn't be there like a earlier and later for four years. And that's got to kill him. Like the Zion and RJ oh, Barrett yeah. and those guys. It's got to. I wonder if, if Krzyzewski was coming up now and if he was a young coach, I feel like he would have ended up in the NBA because I can't like it's just a different league now. And I know those guys are in their 70s and, you know, the younger coaches are coming up now. But that's a good call, Platt, because he, the Lakers have gone after him multiple times. Yeah. And, and, and now if he was in his, you know, like, look what happened to the Butler coach, Platt. He actually took a program, put it on the map, went to the final, was a half-court shot away from winning the NCAA tournament against Duke. And he says, yeah, this program is top of the line. I'm more, I'm more relevant in Indiana than the Indiana Hoosiers. And he said, wait, the Boston Celtics want me? I, sayonara. I'm yeah. out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and look what he's done in the NBA. He's done a great job. And that's a great point you brought up. A young genius like Krzyzewski, I don't think he would have stand for this. He's a he's a military guy. No, it's got to kill him. And, and it's got to kill the – I mean, it's killing the game right now. It's killed the game. I don't know how college basketball comes back. Not sound like a broken record. But the days of what we enjoyed when we were younger – and I think you can listen to any sports talk show or any podcast. I think anybody will agree that those days, are you, they're gone. You're not getting them back. Platt, I was going to bring up hockey, but I want to spend some time on, 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 you know, that spring training has opened. All three teams stink. I'm hoping it changes. For, bet- between now and our next show, I'm hoping the Rangers can at least put a little string together so we can have at least one team from the area in the playoffs because it's it's not it's not going well, so I'll start off with that contract that Tatis Jr. Uh, before we get to the Yanks and Mets, Tatis Jr. signed for three forty, fourteen years. Absurd. I'm I'm always against anything over over like eight these days, you know, uh, just because we have Giancarlo Stanton. But that was some contract. What were your thoughts on that? I thought it was outrageous. I mean, the guy's got how many how many seasons has he played? One and a half. <laughs> Like, I want to say one full. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not a great player and a great talent, but like the need to sign him to a 14 year, 350 million. I mean, I saw what they showed, like what the Padres infield's making. Cause you got to remember Machado's there. He just signed that huge contract too. Oh. So, I mean, it's like, it's nauseating. And I know he's, Tatis is a tremendous talent and a great player. And he had a phenomenal year last year, but a 14 year contract at those kind of numbers, like, I don't know. They're just they're, the track record there isn't good, right? Like you oh, look at terrible. the guys. And Platt, he had a kid a couple years left on his contract. Like, you know, hats off to that agent because he should be commended. Yeah, phenomenal. I mean, phenomenal job by his agent. Good for Tatis for getting all that money. I just think it's crazy that San Diego. It, it, it is. That. It is. It is. And now you really, when you're tied up in two players, um, 
although MLB doesn't have the salary cap, I don't know how much the San Diego Padres can afford to go over the luxury tax, but I thought that was an insane contract. Now, getting two insane contracts to our team, Platt, this is the first year I can remember where we're going into spring training and those big, big dudes we have in our lineup are all healthy. And although we've won 100 games the past couple years, it's nice to actually finally have, first of all, I'm looking forward to you know Cole this year. You know, he's got a season under his belt. And I and I think he I saw an interview yesterday. He's really excited for this season. I would say that we haven't been healthy for a long time, and it's it's not it's nice it's nice to see. You know, we deal with injuries every year. You know, the Yanks are going to be injured throughout the year at, at some position, but it's nice to see him going to camp. Yeah, I'm I'm psyched for this team. I mean, they're. If you look at it, and we talked about it last year, which it feels like yesterday, but looking at this team on paper, they should run away with the American League. The American League. I mean, Tampa is not what they were. I think we spoke about this. The AL Central, I know the White Sox are up and coming and they're solid, but like when you go through the divisions and who their competition's going to be, and the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be fun, and I'll be interested to see how they do with some of the improvements they made, but... Dude, on paper, they should win 105 games, and they should run away with the American League East, and they should they should have home field throughout. And I'm not being a homer, and I'm not trying to sound like a Yankee typical fan, but like you, you can't argue against it. I mean, who who out there right now are you like? Oh, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna battle the Yankees in the American League. Yeah, and I really don't see anybody but Toronto giving them any type of run because Tampa lost everybody. I mean, they lost a lot of, I mean, first of all, they lost two outstanding pitchers. Um, you know, I think last year they overachieved, uh, even though they had our number, uh, I think they were, you know, seven or eight now during the regular season against us. They, they really owned us, but I will say Toronto's got a lot of, a lot of young stars on that team. Mm-hmm. And like you said before about, you know, you don't want to play the Knicks. You don't want to run into a bunch of young kids who are just looking to, you know, make a name for themselves. I'm sure they're playing for contracts, Platt. Uh, I, I, I want to say that Toronto is on the rise last year. Probably fell a little short. It was a weird season. But I think the only really, really team to worry about this year is, um, is Toronto. And, you know, I haven't even – I haven't even thought about Baltimore in in maybe two decades, but I think Toronto would be the team to worry about, and I'm very comfortable, and I'm going to say we're going to win 105 games if I had to guess. Yeah, and, and if they could stay healthy, which is always a challenge because every team's going to incur injuries, and if they can get the pitching they need to get, they should run away with, with the American League East. And, you know, uh, that's just my opinion. I haven't read all the experts' picks yet and what everyone's saying, but just knowing what I know about baseball, I'd just be shocked if they didn't steamroll the American League East this year. Absolutely. Platt, it was pretty early to bring up baseball today, but I figured there's not really a lot going on. Uh, anything else you want to talk about today? I mean, I'm going to enjoy the golf, actually, as much as I can while I'm watching these these flurries pound pound the window. Yeah, no, man. I'm I'm playing tennis. I'm pl- I got to tell you, a real fast, direct story here. 
I played golf uh, a few days ago with my father-in-law, and he gave me a few tips on the course. I know I'm making you jealous as you're looking at snow coming out. Max, sure. I shot a 77. Best round of nice. my life. Life. What was the tip? The, the, it was just keeping the head still on my swing. He told me I was pulling up, and he's like, just practice your turn as opposed to getting your whole body going. And I got into one of those zones that you used to get in all the time in high school and college and every sport you played because you were a freaking <laughs> unbelievable athlete. I didn't get to get in those zones ever. I got in that zone the other day, and I think I had three bogeys, and that was it. And everything else was – I mean, I missed a few birdie, a few birdie putts rolled in and out, but I got every break – it was just my day and there it was a feeling like I've never had on a golf course and it was spectacular. I'm really happy to hear that. <laughs> had to share at, the, it. At, at the same time, I can't wait to, to see it live in a couple months when we're playing together. But I got to tell you, I don't see the snow going away for a while because normally, you know, if it's 51 in February, you can get out here. Platt, this snow is going to be here for so long. It's Ugh. like ice. It's like a foot in my parents' driveway. It won't go anywhere. It's brutal, my friend. So it's awful. Well, Hang anyway, great great show today. I look forward to next week's show. I'm sure there'll be something in sports we could talk about. I didn't want to touch on the Wentz trade today because it was just like, you know, what do we care about Indianapolis and Philly? <laughs> <laughs> well put my friend all right buddy have All a right. great day man enjoy the weekend you too